Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. Uh, we offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman wanting to get off the ball better, or you're an athlete wanting to prove your speed and agility, we have something for you over here at DNA Sports Training. Uh, visit dnasportsdenver.com right now to sign up. Again, dnasportsdenver.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. DNA Sports Training Podcast back one more time again. Shout out to all the listeners. What up, Don? What up? What up? Yo, we got a very, 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 very special guest in the house. Yes, sir. Uh, my man Elias Dorati. Elias, say what up. Hey, what's up? What's happening, people? Hey, yo, we're going to get into Elias a little bit more. He's visiting us, uh, currently a wide receiver at uh, Western Colorado University now, right? Formerly known as Western State. Um, Great kid, great athlete, man. We look forward to uh, getting to talk about some of the stuff we got to talk about with him. If you haven't joined us before, make sure you go catch up, play catch up on the last five episodes. Literally, we're a month tomorrow, Dom. And looking at the numbers, dude, we've got well over 600 downloads. Um, Our website views are pushing 1,000 website views. We're over almost 2,000 views on our social media platforms. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, for following us, for listening. Um, do us a favor. Please hit that share button. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube page. DNASportsDenver.com is the website. Go over there, book you a session, get you some merchandise. You can find all of our socials on there. Man, Dom, it's been a crazy week, bro. Yeah, hey, that's, that's good numbers, but we got to run that up. So all you viewers out there, share it with your friends, share it with your families, and tell them to check us out, man. All it takes is a little bit of time while you're doing the dishes, while you're working out, whatever, just hear us out. Check out the podcast and then check out the website. Hey, there's nothing like word of mouth, and you know that's the best advertisement you can do for small business. And um, sometimes people think they have to buy stuff and I'm not even asking you to buy nothing, man. I'm just telling you, share it with your friends, share it with your people. Um, we've got a lot of great information that comes out on this podcast. Uh, we constantly do sections on student athletes and what it goes into being a good student athlete and, and making the right decisions and whatnot. So please, 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 please. We can't ask you enough to share, 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 like, 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 follow, follow, follow. So, hey, man, did you catch UFC last night? I did. You know, I did. Uh, it was exciting, man. There was there was a couple of fights that I wasn't really too pleased with the outcome. I think there was an early stopping in one of them. Um, but you know that main event, man. It it wasn't the outcome I was looking for. Were you going for Pena? I was going for Pena. Yeah, I like Pena, man. She was she's cool. I listened to her on Rogan podcast one time, dude, and she's like super down to earth. Um, Nunez is Nunez is that that dude, that chick, man. Whatever, she's dope, and you know. I don't know if you saw the first Nunez Pena fight. She kind of seemed bored, you know. Yeah. I mean, she had accomplished so well, much. Well, she was coming off an injury back then too, and she was like in her worst shape of her career. She said she definitely she looked came it. off of COVID, you know. So, you know, Pena said those are a bunch of excuses. Um, she looked good yesterday, and, and, but man, every, it was like every time she connected her, she just folded, bro. And she'd get right back up, and she fought. And Pena's a warrior, bro. That's why I thought she was gonna Yo, pull it out. Them last two rounds, when 
Nunez would, 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 you know, make half guard and then Pena figure out a way to kind of grab a hold of her arm and almost get her. Well, There's a couple of times she escaped submission, man. And that arm bar she had looked like it was about to be over and dude, then she let it go. It looked like she almost had a Kimura in that last minute of round five. And I mean, she's been getting dominated in that whole round in terms of like just on her back time. Yep. Good fights, though, man. Uh, Derek Lewis got knocked out. Which yeah, see, that was the one I, I thought was a little, little stopped premature, a little too soon. man. Like, Yes, he wasn't defending himself, right? He wasn't really – he was taking a lot of punches, but he bounced right back up when he hit the mat, you know? So I think I think that ref got a little bit too happy and, and ended that fight a little too soon, honestly. You know how it goes with heavyweights, man. They they, they swing big, bro. And, uh, you know, I guess sometimes you got to you gotta pull the plug early. Um, the, assassin, uh, the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno. Yeah, and we got him a nice little knock. His eye looked jacked up, dude. Yeah, he was interviewing with somebody and had like looked like he was crying blood out of his eye, but it was just right underneath his his cheek. Man, that thing looked rough, dude. And hey, uh, but the way he finished it was amazing. They got fight of the night, yep. which I thought I thought maybe Pena and, and Nunez, you know, could have gone that way as far as fight of the night, but can't argue with that, man. I mean, Moreno, he's a beast, bro. He did yeah. his thing. Pantasia. <laughs> Whoa, bro! He he ended that fight so quick, yeah. like it was just ridiculous. Once he got on that dude's back, it was like there was no getting off of him, and and he choked him out. Yeah. What was it within a minute or two? I don't even of think the first he had. It, yeah, I don't even think he had his arm underneath his neck either. Nah, it, it was just across, across his, his face. Yeah, the face in his chin, and he yep. freaking tapped him, dude. But yo, that was a crazy fight. I'm ready for the trilogy with Nunez and Pena. I mean, the money's set there. You yeah. know, it should be a big fight. That's probably one of the best women fights that I've seen, to be honest with you. Um, seen a lot of little, a lot of battles, but that one right there, dude, that one was that one was legit. But yo, like we said, we've got a very, very special guest with us. We're here to talk about him today yes, and sir. a lot that we do. Uh, love to introduce y'all once again, Elias Zarati. What's up, Elias, man? Um, so just give us a little background on yourself, man. I, I know. Um, you've been playing ball for a long time. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, though. Uh, yeah, I, I started playing football at like eight, nine years old. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people started playing really early. I kind of started late, but yeah, it's, I've been playing football for a while now. You know, thankfully, I got the opportunity to go play college football, and I'm still still up there. You know, doing my work. So, see how it goes this season for sure. That's awesome, man. Um, I know. I know Coach Dom is super proud of you guys. They're playing at that next level and getting that opportunity that doesn't come to a lot of people. Um, I'm beyond proud, man. Every time I see you guys on social media or when I run into you at the school, um, it's just it brings me great joy, man, because it's easy to, to get caught up in the numbers game and get caught up in the system and just get caught up when there's all kinds of BS around you. And to see that you guys kind of avoid that path and work your tails off to get where you're at, man, it's it's definitely something to be commended for. And, uh, dude, I can't tell you how excited we are to see you guys uh, just continue to grow and continue to to, to do your thing. A um, few questions for you. Um, when we talked to Brandon a couple of episodes back, we talked about your group of seniors and the leadership that that group brought to the rest of the team. Um, how were you guys able to be so influential and to get the rest of the fellas to buy into what you guys were demanding of them? Uh, I think it was just we were just so close, that, that captain group, we were just so close with each other that it was like, okay, like all four of us believe it and, and we're going to go out there every day at practice or the game, it don't matter, uh, a meeting, a team meal, and we're going to go show that we believe in this. So, you know, I feel like just us being so close to each other and really like pushing that agenda, like we believe this, so so let's, let's, let's get to it. I feel like that really influenced our team a lot and, 
you know, helped us out in the success that season. For sure. It's yeah. definitely easy to follow somebody when they believe what they're doing is the thing to do, you know. For sure. And 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 for me, when you first came to us, you were already seemed very humble as a young man. And you usually don't see that in a lot of kids. So for me, like, when was your turning moment of, like, I got to take this serious in high school? When did you have that moment of clarity for, you know, this is a real this is a situation I got to take serious. Yeah, so, you know, I started off at Wee Ridge, you know, playing football there. Um, I, from a young age, you know, I've been through a lot of life, and it's not like I'm trying to, oh, feel bad for me or nothing. But, it's your story. You know, yeah, I've been through I've been through a couple of things. So, you know, I've definitely been humbled early in my life, and I got the opportunity to see, like, the lows and the highs of life. So, you know, I, any opportunity I get, I come in humble, just quiet, ready to work, because, you know, that's all I can do. So, you know, I came in the north and I was like, okay, you know, I feel like I got did dirty at Wee Ridge. So mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to come into north, you know, with all my people and my friends that I know from since I was a little kid. And I'm going to give it everything I got. Yeah. And you uh, you sure made the best of that little bit of time that we had with you. And, and like I said, you were extremely humble. And, and that was it's just a pleasure to see a young man, you know, like you said, go through some things and, and not make it define you, you know, but be your driving push. So. I think it's easy to get derailed too, bro. When you have situations that don't go right for you, like you envision a certain plan for yourself um, and then things don't go the way you planned. It's easy to be sidetracked and derailed and be bitter and to be pointing the finger at other people. And, you know, it's, it's harder to take up that responsibility upon yourself and say, all right, you know what? I got to do this. I got to do that. Got to work harder, whatever it is. Like sometimes it's, it's like, it's like I tell my kids sometimes, like, sometimes you got to admit you're wrong, even if you don't, you're, you're, you might not be wrong. Like, yeah. sometimes it's for the better good, right? Just say, you know what, I'm wrong, whatever, and yeah. just move on. It takes a certain type of humility to do that, and not a lot of people can do that. And so to be able to kind of say, hey, you know what, I got I to gotta work harder. I got to get better. Whatever it is that is holding me back, I got to make sure I'm the one breaking through that. Um, you could definitely see it in you, um, definitely see it in your group of seniors that you guys came up with. But to see the work that you put in um, – it's amazing, man. I know when you came over to, to North with us, you had to sit out a number of games before we started, and yeah. you still went hard in practice. You you came down to JV one game and, and, and fooled with us in JV one game. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's easy to sit there and mope, take it, half-ass things, not show up, but you showed up. So definitely Absolutely. can be commended for that, man. Um, you know, you've been playing ball for a while, like you said. When did you realize that you were pretty good at football? and that you might actually be able to use football as a tool to go to college? Um, I realized I was all right at football, like, Futures. Futures definitely, you know, helped me set that that path for myself. Like, okay, I'm going to use this as a tool to, to get to where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, I think it was Coach Marquez. It was yeah. me and Brandon. We were the only seventh graders starting on that Futures team that year. Nice. So I was like, okay, like, we're kind of good. So yeah. I'm going to see how far I can take this. Very nice. That's what's up. Um, you know, a lot of us have motivations of why you did things or why you do things, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but just going in a little bit more depth, what is Elias's why? My why? I mean, I just – I don't want to settle, you know what I mean? I want to I want to push the envelope as far as I can. I want to yeah. be the best that I can always. And, you know, my biggest motivator, my biggest drive is definitely my family, you know, my mom, my little sister, my dad. Yeah. You know, I always use them as motivation, and I, I promise them the world, and that's what I'm trying to give them. That's what's up. That's funny, man. I used to torment your dad when I was a kid, bro. I grew up with Rick, um, your older brother Rick. Yeah. And I, I used to torment Rick, and <laughs> we used to run around the neighborhood. And I remember your dad used to have this dope 
red Corvette, man, way back in the ditty. And uh, you just try to get close to that thing all the time. Your dad be looking out like, get, get away from my car. <laughs> back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it's cool like that, though, because when I found out, uh, no one, there's not, the, the Zarate last name isn't necessarily a common, it's not like Martinez out here. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was like, hold on a second. And then I seen your dad. I was like, oh, damn, that's, oh, damn, like, you know, so small world. Um, I love remembering a lot of that stuff. Um, remembering the big catch against GW at first yeah. play. Yeah. Um, just little fun stuff like that always takes me back, man. Um, you brought it up a little bit earlier. You said you, you've gone through some challenges in life. Um, we, we all have, and that's kind of what defines our, our motivation and our drive. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you had to overcome early in your football life? Um, grade school, high school, and how have them victories helped reinforce your confidence when you go out there now? Yeah, so, you know, one of my biggest challenges was, again, like, when I transferred to North, you know, I had to sit out those five games. Um, so it was like it left me with, you know, a shorter time on the on the field in high school than I would have wanted. So it was like, okay, I only got these 15 games for my high school career, you know, not including playoffs or whatever. So now I got to work even harder so I could, you know, show what I got going on in these 15 yeah. games. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, so growing up, you know, I'd like to ask this question to players. Two-part question is, what NFL player did you look up to as a kid? As a kid, I used to look up to A.J. Green on the Bengals. Yeah. When he was, you know, when he was doing his thing, I used to look up to him. His story was cool to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like everything that he went through to get to to the league and, and ball how he was, that was that was my inspiration. Yeah. That man nice. was a beast in college, too. Yeah, he was. He torched CU one year up here, man, like – I mean, you got to think about players like that, and you kind of wonder, like, what if he would have landed somewhere else in a different situation? Like, Opposed to Cincy? Yeah, like, right off the bat, like, how would it have turned out for him? You know what I mean? Because, you know, athletes are great, but this is a team game at the end of the day, and when you get to a certain level of competition, it's not going to be just one player that, that really is that driving force. So, you know, they had good teams, but – he could have been in better situations too. And you can say that about so many players, man. How many quarterbacks have been drafted to just rough situations yeah. that there's instability at, co at, co at coaching, there's instability in the front office, instability in, in ownership or something, and they just never really have a chance to be what they can be. I mean, some can argue like Drew Locke here in Denver – was drafted into a situation. Now, I don't know if that boy can play. He, he was the bad situation. But I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Come on now. Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, in, in a sense that all right, if you were a player that needs a certain type of motivation and you get drafted into a team that isn't providing that certain type of motivation, like I think not only is it on the player to kind of get motivated, but it's also on the team to understand the room. Oh, yeah. And if you got a guy that's not picking something up, you got to be able to have the staff in there to – to identify that and be like, hey, we notice you're lacking in this, that, or the other. You know, what can we do to make you better to help you improve that? And maybe that went on. I, mean, I don't Jared know. Jared Goff. That's yeah. why Jared Goff's no longer with the Rams. Yeah. You know, he couldn't diagnose a defense. You know, they had to really – so rumor has it, like basically tell him who to throw the ball to, when to throw the ball. Dumb it down a little bit. You know, bit. they had to really, you know, take it back to elementary level One, two, for read, and then bit. go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's he's – no longer around because of it. Um, second part of that question, though, is is what player do you think your game resembles? If there's any player out there that you, you maybe resemble or you try to emulate a little bit on the field, who do you think that would be? Um, I've been told by Donovan. Yeah. yeah, I've been told I play like Jarvis Landry. That's what he told me. 
Hey, um, that's a compliment right yeah. there, man. Oh, Jarvis. Yeah, that's a compliment. I'm a Dolphins man. fan, dude, so he used to for play real. for the Dolphins. Loved him when he was with the Dolphins. Kind of got a raw deal and got traded to the Browns. And Hey, you know. and, and, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. Him and Deshaun? Know, the Saints, bro. Oh, he's with the Saints now. He's, he's with right. the Saints. Yeah, yeah he's with the Saints. Yeah, hey. So, Saints got some receivers now. Yeah, and they, they, they got Olave, that right? defense, too. The only question mark there is their quarterback. You know, what's Jameis going to do? But, you know, Jameis, you know, gets back to eating those dubs. You never know. The Saints could make a run for it. I was on the gram yesterday, and I saw Jameis dropping a dime, dude, to uh, – I forget the kid's first name, but Olave, their, their rookie wide receiver. Yeah. Just straight dime. He got – I don't know how he got so wide open. It's training camp, so there's probably errors in the in the secondary. But he put it on him. Jarvis. Speaking of dimes, uh, you see that one I sent you from uh, from Tua to yeah. uh, Tyreek? Yeah, I did see that. That was that was a good one. Let's go. That's a good one. Dolphins are going to be a team too. But Dolphins are good in the preseason. It's yeah. a regular season. It gets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta play all every, all year long, man. You gotta finish. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. So we'll get we'll get into some more of um, more of Elias's story, um, his current situation up at at Western, and and all that here in a bit. But we wanted to uh, we wanted to flip the script and hop on some things that we kind of talk, started talking about a little bit last week. And if you didn't hear craziness, the, if you didn't hear the episode last week, we debated top five rappers. Our top five rap albums, and uh, there was some highly contested debate about that. However, um, Don brought up that French Montana had mentioned something about uh, record labels uh, putting life insurance policies on um, trying to get rid of someone else's life. So you know he was he was on uh, French Montana was on Academics Off the Record podcast, um, and he was he brought up the fact that he believes that the labels receive a large sum of cash if one of their artists get murdered. Um, yeah. And he even said, quote, but now it's even crazier because they get life insurance on artists. Um, when asked by academics if they, they're being realistic, he said they're being realistic and, you know, you're supposed to have life insurance anyway. But when the label does it, if you don't have one, that's crazy. And so that that brings up an ex- excellent point, because if these labels are cashing in on dead artists, dead rappers, I mean, there's got to be some sort of uh, moral, ethical kind of uh Oh, know, man. He, line they're crossing. Yeah, he literally says, you're praying on his death. You're praying on making millions on his death. You know, he's telling them, like, you're basically hoping that all these artists are going to die so that way you can make it rich. You know that? Oh, man, it's just, it, it it brings up so many questions when you start to think about this and, and think about older rappers, you know. In 2021, I know there was at least 20 rappers who were fatally shot. Some artists to mention, Nipsey Hussle, Young Dolph, Slim 400, which then some speculate led to the stabbing of Draco the Ruler, you know. And, and you got to think about all these different rappers that are dying left and right. Like, how many of them did they have life insurance policies? How many labels out there are are growing their business because somebody's dead and, and these families are mourning and, 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 you know, they're not, what are they doing to help them out? Like what portion goes to the family? Like so many questions when you start to think about these things, man, it's unethical from the start. Well, and you know, battle rap and rap, uh, rap in particular, it draws a certain type of, of person. Yeah. Sometimes they're from the streets, certain crowd, they have a street lifestyle, For you sure. know? Yeah. And if you know this as a label, one would think, all right, you know what? Let's try to let's try to get this man right. You know, yeah. we can make a lot of money with together. Let's try to get him right. And if you know this as a label that certain things are a problem, why aren't you trying to intervene 
at that point instead of because the optics on it now look like, yo, I'm about to strike it rich with this guy because I know he's beefing with everybody and we're going to put a life insurance policy on him. And when he dies, we're cashing in like it's just wrong, man. Like it is. Yeah. The optics are bad. Well, they're taking the you can lead a horse to water, but you can't get him to drink mentality you know what i mean so they're not trying to help these artists you know better their lives and change some of the 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 ways that of before that kind of brought them down they're they're kind of encouraging them to stay in the same lifestyle in the same environment so that way they can they can make it big you know they can hit that cash cow well and that lifestyle's kind of been more marketably acceptable right like yeah it's not a stigma as much like we smoking you know gang banging rappers it's kind of it, it, it's its own thing. I think people have started to see it as a form of entertainment because a lot of it really is just entertainment. Yeah, there's a lot of these guys that don't live that life. Yeah, and most, a lot of most of them. Most of them, a good a good healthy chunk of them don't live that life. Uh, I'm sure some of these guys that got murked, they may have lived that life before, and they're probably trying to get away from that life. Yeah, but they don't. Sometimes your, your ghosts follow you. You know yeah. what I mean. So, yeah. I I think it's I think there's an issue with with benefiting off of that, especially if. Now, listen, if we're putting a life insurance policy and I'm a rapper, you got a life insurance policy on me, but my wife and my kids are my beneficiaries and you got one to recoup money for the label. Cool. Like, I can see it there because now you're taking care of my family, too. Like, if something should happen to me, because yeah. think about it, like, it's not just violence and stuff like that on the on, that happened in the streets. You know, tour buses crash, planes crash, people die suddenly, like. It could be anything, COVID, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything streetwise. So if you're taking care of me and my family and you're recouping some of your losses, okay, I can, I can live with that, yeah. right? But if it's, if it's you're banking off of my downfall, you're banking off of my faults instead of trying to big me up and trying to get me right, dude, that's wrong. Yeah. And, and you feel like, I feel like long run, there's more money in like trying to get that person right than there is you're banking off of their downfall. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you have somebody that is that talented, why don't you want to better them so that way they can better you, you know, pick each other up instead of trying to bring somebody down just so that way you can benefit. Makes no sense. Um, how long do you think this has been going on? Uh, it's funny you asked that, bro. So I was doing research because after you brought this up last week, I, I had to figure some things out because I was wondering if is this just exclusively something done to rap? Yeah. Which I don't think it is, but it's harder to find other examples. I think that stuff's kept more on the hush. Maybe some NDAs involved. But I was I found this story back from '98, a Bushwick Bill, um, Bushwick Bill, the Ghetto Boys. Yeah. Uh, he was signed to rap a lot. He was going through litigation with rap a lot, and um, he alleged the label uh, demands all of their artists artists on the roster um, to take out a life insurance policy on them with rap a lot as the beneficiary. That's crazy. Uh, and and. He, he said, he's like, I think it's unconscionable to have this type of clause in an artist's contract. Uh, I think it often makes the artist worth more to a record label dead than alive. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And you said 98? 98. 98. I wonder if it was going on before that. Because I got a question for you. What, what up? Do you think Death Row had a policy on Pac? What about Bad Boy on Big? Look, look I'll tell and, you right now, I know both them men were old. Lots of money by can, both them labels, and I can tell you both them labels are rich. You know, for very for a long time, like Suge's been sitting, he was locked up and still, well, you know, sitting fat. So you know how it goes too when an artist dies, their music, their artwork becomes more valuable, more people buy it. So 
how much more money off of that part of it did they make? And then you, if you factor in possible, if they had life insurance policies on these guys, yeah, they're worth more dead than alive. And then that adds another plot to the twist, right? Like, who killed them? You know, every there's all these speculations out there, and, and, and people say this, people say that. Like, it makes you really think, like, was Suge behind it? Well, you, you know, was the Pop behind Big? Yep. I mean, Puff behind Big a little bit to get that money. You know, they both kind of, maybe they came up with this master genius plan together. Who knows? Maybe, you know, they're in the background, you know, not in the video dancing, yeah. <laughs> but they're in the background collecting that money, you know? so Well, you, you heard all the conspiracies. I mean, we anybody that grew up in that era, and, you know, Elias, this might be a little before your time, but anyone that grew up in that era, there was always... Conspiracy theories. Hey, yeah. Suge got Tupac killed. Puffy got Biggie killed. There's there's always been these conspiracy theories. And so when you see stories like this and then you start putting things together and you start understanding how the game works because the record industry is crooked as shit. Yeah. You know, and I I dabbled in, in, in the game a little bit, nowhere near on this level. But yeah. even on the on the micro levels, on the entry levels of this game, promoters are shady. Yeah. You know, there's very few out there that do Solid work, yeah. You know, shout out to to my boy Trav from Slow Pain because he was one that did solid work all the time. Um, so knowing this, knowing how things work, you just wonder, man. Like, considering the value of some of the artists bring to the label, is this something that should be considered as, as accepted in standard practice, or is this something that maybe someone else needs to look into to kind of regulate? Oh, they need to regulate it for sure. I mean, nobody should be reaping benefit off of anybody's death. But aren't these other than just, their loved ones? You know what I mean? Like other than their children and their family. Like they, these people have fa- they're people, man. They're not objects, you know. So, like they have families. So that money needs to go to their families and, and helping them deal with the situation, opposed to lining someone's pocket and buying them another Rolls Royce. Like you know. But what I'm being saying? devil's like, advocate, aren't the labels just protecting? Their investments? investments? They are. You know, you, one would say it's smart business, but, you know, smart money isn't good money all the time. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and I feel like if, if you're a record label, you want to be, you know, you want to have people that want to want to fuck with you just because you're a genuine person and you're a genuine company who does good business. You know, I think if you're one of these businesses that are, are doing this, eventually you're not going to have any more artists because they're going to catch on to True. it. You know, it, I mean, I guess you could say like, I don't know. The thing about the rap game, though, is there's so many artists you haven't heard of ready to come up. Well, what, what about this? What if uh, NFL teams, organizations and, and colleges were taking out short term disability policies on athletes when they got hurt? They put it. They, they put um they they put insurance on contracts for for to cover for injury like that's that's a common practice in the, in the NFL and in like the majors. workman's comp but i'm saying yeah. like what if they signed up for like aflac right so that way if <clears throat> somebody's hurt every time they're out they're collecting a check on the side for somebody so I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if they have some shadiness going on behind the scenes them contracts dude there's the way they work i wouldn't be surprised if they had something yeah. you know where where they're protecting themselves from you know, for instance, Kyler Murray just got paid, right? And, you know, he plays a style of game where, you know, one hit away from being yeah. being done. You know, what protections? Like, I would expect the team to put some protections in their contract for that. But that's different, though, because that's injury. That's not death. Yeah. You know? Now, 
my question with this, and this kind of where, you know, where my point of view is, would this be more acceptable if the labels also took out a policy that would benefit the family of the benefit of the artist? I mean, like you mean equal amount? I mean, yeah, like all right, hey, we're we're taking out a life insurance policy. We're going to pay for the life insurance policy. It's a you know five hundred thousand dollar policy, or it's a million dollar policy, whatever. I don't necessarily know if equal amounts. I think me personally, I would say equal amounts, or even more favored towards the family than the artist. You know, but knowing how much money goes into um, creating music and recording music and writing music and everything that goes on beyond it, it's it's not. It's it's easy, but it's not easy. Like it's simple, but it's not simple. There's a lot of money that goes into it. So I can understand if, you know, the artists, if they took out a policy to cover their investment for the artists, but I think that's shady as hell unless you're doing something for the family. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't even think if you do something for the family, it's appropriate. No. I think, I think regardless if, if you're making millions off these artists, you should do something for the family. Shouldn't that be standard? Yeah. It should be a standard. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, I just I just don't think that anybody out there should be really benefiting off somebody's death like that. It's just wrong. What you think, Elias? You're a little quiet over here. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think it's, yeah, like you said earlier, like the music industry is twisted. Like these artists get pennies to a dollar from, yeah. from what they do, and these industries are just getting rich and their pockets are getting fat. But, you know, they they benefit solely off of everybody, off of like the whole industry. So it's like if, a, if an artist dies and they do have some sort of life policy, it's kind of messed up because, you know, it's another way for them to exploit that artist, and it's, it's it really is cricket. Yeah. And he brings up a point too with that, it's how, and how they how they do these different little things to kind of screw artists over or to get extra money off of them. Mm-hmm. You know, taking money off of their tour or taking money, you know, off their merchandise or whatever. Um, so maybe they should just put a policy in the artist's name for the family, and you know, hey, this is trade off because we make so much <clears throat> off of you, we want to take care of you, and you know, unfortunately. The way the industry is, I don't know that we'll ever see anything like that where they're just like, "Hey, we're going to do this for the better oh, good no. because it's it's what's right." It won't happen. They'll 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 word it some way to where they say we're doing this for the family, but we're going to recruit our money before you take your money, and by the time they get their money, it's <laughs> going to be nothing. Artists' death should not count as their ROI. It should not be their return on mm. investment. You know what I mean? Like, so they're investing into somebody. That's their loss. If if they Pass away, then you lose. That's just business. Yeah, you corporations know I mean? don't like, take life insurance policy on their employees, and yeah. if they pass away, they get money off of it. Yeah, that's crazy. They offer them; they don't take them out. Yeah, well not they offer them to you for your family, yeah. but they don't offer them for you, to you to recoup them themselves. Yeah, so it makes sense. If corporate America doesn't do it, the industry shouldn't do it either. Yeah, no, it's it's wrong in every every facet, regardless of how you think about it. They're just hungry. You know what I mean? Money hungry. Speaking, Speaking of, of hungry, man. Dom. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yo, shout out to Janice's Catering. If you're looking for a catering service for your event, I highly encourage you to give Janice's Catering a try. It's a family-run company featuring Mexican-American cuisine from enchiladas to street tacos, fajitas. They throw it down, man. They got the delicious green chili, the beans, the rice, all the fixings, man. They're, they're legit. From small gatherings to large events, there's no job too big or too small for Janice's Catering. Weddings, birthday parties, anniversaries, funerals, business lunches, graduations, any event. Make sure you hit up Janice's Catering. Find them on Facebook at Janice's Catering Colorado or give them a call at 303-669-2215. That's Janice's Catering. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. I could probably use them right now after the busy week we've had, man. It's been a grueling one. It's been fun, though, right, because we're doing what we love. 
But it's been a pretty busy last four days for us, brother. I haven't got down like this for a little bit, man, since uh, since track season ended and even uh, just the heat of the summer, man. It's been great, though. Um, the Wheat Ridge, the Wheat Ridge uh, Vikings football camp, the little guys, man, yeah. that was, that's been a blast. And, um, you know, our camp that we had this morning. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, bro. It was uh, it was different. I haven't worked with young, young, young guys for a long time. Like it's been a little bit. I've been I've been dealing with high school kids for a little bit more yeah. recently. Um, it, <laughs> different beast. Sometimes it's like herding cats. Yeah, um, but it's like anything else, dude. The more you go through it, the easier it gets. The better they are, the more they listen, the more they understand what's demanded of them from you. So, I had a blast, dude. Um. Shout out to all the, all the young guys that was getting that work in, the parents for making sure they had their kids there. Um, lots of good athletes this week, man. I, yeah. I couldn't believe how many uh, young athletes we got up and coming and getting them into the right program is going to be uh, key for them. Yeah, man, it was it was truly fun. Um, and, you know, like you said, there was a lot of young athletes out there competing. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to two in, in particular and, and not playing daddy ball or anything like that. But two young men participated all four days, not only in the Wheat Ridge camp, but also were out there today for ours. And I just want to give a shout-out to Jonah Morales and also my son, DJ Aguirre, you know, um, second grader and eighth grader, those young men are, are committed to putting in work and they want to make sure that they better their craft. And, and it showed they were there all four days. And in my opinion, all four days, they were, you know, standouts that kind yep. of were putting in some work. So shout out to them. Um, there was a lot of other kids that performed. You know, we had give out some gifts and some awards for camper of the day, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. um, man, the seventh grade kid, coach, we got to get him on our roster of training. Um, he kind of got mad at me because we were doing one-on-ones and he straight bull rushed this kid. But, but he, you know, he was, his pad level was a little high, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I was just trying to critique him a little bit. And he's like, well, I've been doing this for years like this coach. And I said, and I've been coaching. For I remember years, that. Man. I do remember that. You know actually. what I mean? Yeah. But this kid, man, Malachi for the seventh grade Wheat Ridge Vikings, this kid was, phenomenal bro strength on him was ridiculous his get off was pretty good but again pad level would probably be the only thing that i would critique there well see and, and i'm sure elias can speak of this because i'm sure you know he went through it when he was playing ball sometimes like you're 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 a decent sized dude yeah. sometimes you're physically bigger and better than the competition yeah but there comes a point where the competition catches size up. catches up and you can't just bull over people yeah. so it's important to learn them skills early so that you can go into your bag of tricks yep. and be like, oh, got this big fool? I got you, bro. Let me get underneath your pad level real quick and bump you back because yeah. I got this mean-ass bull rush that once I drop my ass a little bit, get underneath there, you're going back into your quarterback's lap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was always the big kid on my team. Like, I remember my dad used to have to carry my – the one year I played peewees because I only played in sixth grade and then I played in high school. You still are. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but my dad used to have to carry my birth certificate. His parents yeah. were literally like, no, nah, no, nah, get that kid off the field. He's an eighth grader. And I'm like, dude, I'm in sixth grade. I, don't, I got a squeaky-ass voice still. Like, yeah. what's going on? But, you know, shots out to Malachi. He, he did great. Um, made some of my, my offensive training look bad. But I'm looking forward to working with these kids in the future, man. Because yeah, me too. Because they, they all showed up, balled out. It was a little warm for a couple of the days. No excuses. You know, we had some ass-draggers. But yeah. – even when we told them, yo, get a little more bounce in your step, they get to working. Um, 
So I'm super excited to see all them. Shout out to our second graders. Yeah, they held they held their own. It's cool co- coaching the little guys, man, and seeing it from seeing it from a young age. Uh, little Michael when he was trying to tackle everybody playing beyond the whistle, like yeah. just you know or when he was trying to get up from the ground because his helmet was too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. Seeing these young guys, dude. It's just it's fun to see them go, man. Yeah, you remember when you played little league? Yeah, I remember it very well, man. Yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. Who'd yeah. you play for? Uh, I play for the Mustangs. Oh, okay. Uh, over there. Pecos Mustangs, dog. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Horseman. Uh, see, we used to play. Uh, you, know, you know where Pecos Community Center's at? Um, it's like 36, 36th in Pecos. Okay. Yeah, it it yeah. used to be the old old center. I don't think it's anything now. I think it's like a career development yeah. center or something like that. They used to do boxing, basketball, yeah. football there. But that's where the Mustangs started okay. at. Yeah, I was on that first cool. team for them. They used to be the Vikings way back in the day, and then they became the Mustangs. Uh, they ain't never see us. Man. Haters <laughs> used to call them the Mustard Stains, but whatever. Man. Who'd you play for, dog? The Hawks. Oh, uh, the Powhawks, Hawks. Uh, yeah, that's Hawk, right. Man. You, yeah. Jacob, and all them. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. I played for a couple teams, actually. I started with the Jaguars at Lama. And then we went over to the Hawks, oh, went man. undefeated, Super Bowl, state champions, you know. Bruh, you know how we my last down. My last Pee Wee game, we beat the piss out of the Jaguars. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you're older, so you're probably going yeah. up against someone a little softer. You know what I'm saying? Listen, but, go, going, going back to that, my dad, you know, birth certificate thing. So me and the homie Cornelio Arce, we were the two biggest dudes. They made a big old stink about it. We couldn't play together. So uh, Cornelio got like the first and third quarter, and I got the second and fourth quarters. Nah, they did straight you like up, that? dude. Straight up. Oh, uh, that's cold. That's like this participation bullshit we have to deal with well, these that's days. A, that's why we kick the shit out of him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes it'd be like that, coach. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Coach AJ though. Shout out to all the other coaches out there, man, for the, the junior uh, for the Wheat Ridge Viking program. Um, a lot of great athletes coming through there. Saw some injuries. Hopefully, them boys uh, get healthy. We, we we send our prayers and well wishes to them boys that that, that caught sure, them injuries. Sure. Um, but shout out to what they're doing over there, man. They got funneling in a lot of great talent and and trying to get these kids to find passion and love for the game. So yeah, and you know, great coaches. You know, at all levels. You know, I know a lot of these guys personally, and and they're fundamentally teaching these kids the right way. You know, you know, we get freshmen in all the time. Yep that want to play quarterback but aren't quarterback, Brandon. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of different things like that, you know. and Or come in with bad habits. Or, yeah, or, or you know, or, you know, don't want to be coached in certain aspects. And, you know, I've already been doing this, coach. I know yeah. this, I know that. But don't know, you know, fronts and alignment and things like that. So, you it's, know. It's good they demand so much of these kids during their practices and during their seasons, um, speak, speaking specifically of, of, the, of the Wheat Ridge Vikings program, yeah. um, that they demand a lot of these kids because when they get into high school, there's definitely going to be that demand for them to perform and them to give their all. And I don't think you underst- I don't think they understand it. Elias, before you came into high school, did you understand the demand that was in high school football? Not really. I mean, you know – we are in the era of social media now, so, like, we can see everything yeah. that these high schoolers be doing on, on YouTube, but it's, like, it's a difference between seeing something and actually doing it. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, as we mentioned, last week we talked a little bit about our top five rap albums. Oh, and we had some haters, huh? I won't call them haters, dude. I'm going to call them people that wanted to point out some flaws in what we did, but we're right and they're wrong. Um, <laughs> you, could be, you could be nice about it, but I'm going to call them haters because, you know, we knew before we put this list together <laughs> that 
it was hard first of all oh. and we knew we were going to leave off some people we prefaced it with the, with that this was freaking one of the hardest things to do yeah you know something that we put on the agenda and then we almost took off because we didn't want to do it but you know we had some people mad so this is a new segment we want to bring to the podcast and we highly encourage you guys to get involved this is called our mailbag ask dna if you go to dnasportsdenver.com slash ask dna you can submit a question submit a comment submit a complaint uh maybe you want to hear a certain type maybe we're not covering a sport or something that you want to know about hit up uh, dnasportsdenver.com slash askdna and uh, submit your questions, submit your comments, submit your complaint. And we got a couple. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? You want me? I could go first. And I was I was joking about the haters kind of. No, but, but, you know, <laughs> we love you, I kind of agree with this one a little bit. A um, little upset with myself for not really thinking about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? But So before you before you say that, let me just say that was your thinking for leaving this one off. I mean, I know I didn't. I think I brought him as an honorable mention in one of his albums. I don't remember. Well, I put him on. I put him on my list, but not this album specifically. Okay. Well, this is your fault. So this is this person that has a, a you know a little axe to grind. That coach Dom, he makes sure you talk to him. Yeah. So you know, I was uh, I was at a graduation party and I was pulled to the side by several people about <laughs> this one actually. Well, thanks for and, listening. And uh, <laughs> they. Uh, they, they were kind of upset that I'd left Reasonable Doubt off. And, mm. and, you know, I agree. You know, I think it's one of Hove's best albums. Jay-Z, if you don't know who Hove is. And I didn't put it on there. I put the blueprint on there, but I left off Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt was dope. It was, man. It wasn't it, the blueprint. I put the blueprint on I know, there. I know. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, like, to me, like, I just, I, I like the blueprint a little bit more. You know, I could play it a little bit more through. But, you know, you had great songs on Reasonable yeah, Doubt. for sure. Presidents, you know, all all the greats and the classics, bro. Like, so I'm not mad at that that mailbag. But, you know, I well, could have done better. The but difference it is, is what it is. You were looking at a polished Jay-Z opposed to a raw Jay-Z. Yeah. Right? You uh, know? Reasonable, Reasonable Doubt was, what, his second album? Yep. And in, in my lifetime, volume one was dope, man. Yeah. I love that song. Who you with? Yeah, that's my shit, bro. Yeah, sink this ball in your hole. I'm Tiger Woods. You yeah. know what I mean? But yo, I think the difference was a polished Jay Z versus uh, unpolished Jay Z. Plus, the production was stupid on 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 the blueprint. Yeah, you know, that's you had Kanye really exploding onto the scene on there yeah. with some of his production. Uh, H to the Izzo, come on, dude. Yeah, it like, was classics, man. Classics. So I'm not mad at that, but. You know, it is what it is. So, uh, a boy Tiff. Oh yeah, Tiff. <laughs> Shout out to Tiff for listening, and uh, we're gonna get you on here with your wife, man, so you guys can talk nutrition with these kids and with these with these athletes. But sure, uh, Tiff wants to know how the hell Shady wasn't even on honorable mention. Yeah, hey, it is what it is. You know, I for me personally, like I love some M, but he's not even on my top five rapper list. You know, I think. I think uh, he's very talented. He's has some of like we talked about this, right? Some of the best verses in the game. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean. The, but but as far as like top five, he's just not there for me. Like I think like M cannabis are kind of the same person. <laughs> and, and you know where's cannabis at? Where we talk? We ain't talking about cannabis, but we're talking about Eminem. I think Benzino said that when he was trying to diss Eminem, saying that if he was if he was black, he'd be cannabis. Yeah, and you know maybe uh, you know I think Eminem is better than cannabis. To be honest with you, no, he but, is, but there there's similarities yeah. there. So 
you know, I think that for me, he's just not on my list. I mean, the Slim Shady LP was dope. Um, that one in the Marshall Mathers LP, I think the Slim Shady LP is my favorite one, to be honest with you, because it flexed a lot of creativity. Some yeah. of the characters he brought forward in that album were dope. It didn't make my top five, dude, just because there's other albums that move me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I relate. Like, we, I brought up Equemini. I relate with that album so much, man. So, it, you know, you can't be wrong in these kind of arguments and these kind nah. of situations. Like, there's so many dope artists. There's so many dope albums. When I left here, I turned on a couple. Uh, I turned on some Immortal Technique, Revolutionary Volume One. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, how did I not mention this album? This album yeah. is so dope. Yeah, you know, it's all preference. It's all preference sure. and what you enjoy. You know, like some of us could put one album on and listen to it all the way through, and some of us can't listen to that same album all the way through. For me, you know, who I said are albums that I can listen to all For the sure. way through. You know, all eyes on me. I'll put it on and I'll play it all the way through. Yep. You know what I mean? The double disc boy. Yeah, college dropout. I'm gonna put it on and play it all the way through. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like for so sure. for me. That's why they're not on my list. So we appreciate you guys going to the mailbag and giving us your comments and concerns. You know, Yo, we, and we love, would love it. to have you guys, you know, maybe call up sometimes and we could talk about this live on the air. We could debate it. Yeah. We can go. And you know, this could be a whole podcast. Come you know, and kick this it. is a conversation <laughs> that is all opinionated and it could go for for a long time. So we appreciate our viewers and we appreciate you guys reaching out and, and kind of giving us grief about what we put on our list. Should I put Elias on the spot real quick? Yeah. What's your, uh, what's one of your top, you don't have to go top five, but just what's one of your favorite rap or hip hop albums that you can put on and play that thing from A to B. Hey, I agree with you. Equimini is a great album. Oh, yeah. my dude. Yeah. See, I knew Elias was the shit before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I, if I had to pick one album that this really resonated with me throughout my life, it had to be To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Yep. And see, that was on my that list. That was on his honorable mention list. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you could resonate with it, and you could play it all the way through, bro. Yeah. And he's not just talking. Like, he's talking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so. That's the great thing with music, bro, is it resonates with your soul. Yeah. Like, you know, and if you look at religions, like, every religion uses music to usher in the presence of God. Yeah. Right? And so it touches you to the very depths of your being. And sure. I think when you find them albums that connect with you, like you're going to listen to that forever. One of my favorite Chris Rock jokes is in one of his standups. He's talking Which about. Which one? The one that got him slapped? Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, nah, he, he goes, uh, he was talking about music and he was talking about what he listened to. And he's like, whatever you lost your virginity to is the music you're going to be listening to the rest of your life. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's about right. Cause I love genuine, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's true though, because music touches your soul, man. Music takes you to places where you've had sorrow, where you've yeah. had joy and you know, you can remember them feelings and feelings become real again. When I listen to uh, Mariah Carey's one sweet day, I think about my grandfather and I sometimes get a little choked up thinking about it yeah. because when he passed, when he fell out and, and, and had his situation and he passed, that song was playing. Yeah. And that song speaks to me yeah. when that comes on. So I love music, man. It's part of the reason why I used to write music and perform music and do music because it's therapy when I couldn't, couldn't talk to somebody or didn't feel like I could talk to somebody, I can always talk to my notepad. Yeah. I can always talk to a beat. You yeah. know what I mean? So, man, music is soulful, man, for real. And you can't go wrong when you're picking the top five, no matter what anybody says. Yeah, I agree. That's that. Uh, that's definitely well said right there, brother. So, listen, we really want to dive into Elias' experiences as a college football player. Um, 
want to talk about his immediate future, what he's looking forward to this upcoming season, what he wants out of it. For those of you who don't know, um, Elias Arati is our, our special guest here. He is a wide receiver at Western Colorado University. Um, Elias, how would you describe your experience as a college football player so far? Man, it's been gritty. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been like it's a blessing. I mean, it, it's hard. I'll say it's tough for sure. It's it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of you know before you can get to to any games or any like oh yeah I'm a star like it's it's all about hard work and, yeah. and that's what it is and that's I love it. Um, you know, being a college football player coming from from where we're from it's it's a blessing because there ain't a lot of kids that come from north that that can say that. Yeah. So. You know, I love it. You know, I've I've learned to fall in love with with the grind, with the with the work. I've learned to fall in love with, you know, even Gunnison. And Gunnison yeah. is a completely different place. To, to <laughs> yeah. Denver, that I'll Western you that. slope gets a little yeah, different, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just a little wild out there. But you know, I've learned to fall in love with all of it. And you know, I love I love college football. It's great. Nice. What? When was the moment that you first realized you were in college? Your oh shit moment. Like, damn, it's for Man. real. About a month ago. Oh, really? It's been yeah, because wow. I've been. Yeah, man. So like, so like we said, it was like you know we lost that that first year because of COVID. So it wasn't a normal season. It wasn't a normal like football season. Or anything. We didn't have fall camp or any of that. Yeah. Um. And then last year I was coming off of that injury from that summer. Um. So you know it wasn't. It still wasn't clicking for me. About a month ago I was like in the middle of a workout. Yeah. And I was feeling really good. You know I was doing my thing and I was like wow like I'm really playing college football like yeah. this is crazy. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. So as if losing time in normalcy due to COVID wasn't enough. You experienced some adversity early in your college career in the form of an injury that you mentioned. Um, how have you been able to overcome them obstacles, and what are you doing now to continue to rise above them? Um, I just just had to put your head down and keep pushing. It's really what it is. It's all about you know continuing through the dark times, through through everything. Um, yeah, the injury the injury was definitely rough. You know, as a as an athlete, especially going to the collegiate level, you know, a lot of people's like biggest fear is like, oh shit, like an ACL. Yeah, and you know it happened to me, and I was like, that was my one of my biggest fears too, and it happened to me. Um, so you know that obstacle really just became more motivation for me. You know, I I pushed myself every day through my PT and everything. You know, even through practice when I wasn't at a hundred percent in the fall. You know, I pushed myself through everything, and and that's really been a, a motivating factor for me. And I use that a lot as you know my driving factor this this season for sure. Man, I nice. think I think with his background too. I think with your background too, Elias. I think that's probably helped you a lot, you know, yeah. overcoming a lot of stuff early in your life, being humble, yeah. right? Being humble yeah. and understanding like, shit, now I got to go through this. Man, props, dude, because not a lot of people, a lot, I know people that have gotten hurt in kind of that, that's about the end of their career, yeah. you know? So I'm um, excited to see you coming back. Yeah, excited for this season and, uh, the, you know, everything that you're doing and, and bouncing back, you know, it was just a minor setback for a major comeback, but this season's coming up. What are your personal goals for this season? I got a lot to prove to myself. Um, first and foremost, I got I got a lot to prove to myself. Um, you know, this season, I, I just hope I can get myself in a good position where I get playing time and I can show these coaches like what I'm really about and yeah. you know, how I really play because I haven't got the opportunity to show them and they haven't been able to see me, of course. Um, but yeah, this season's all about proving a lot to myself you okay. know, about about my athletic abilities and whatnot. That's what's up. So on this show, we talk a lot about being a student athlete, um, the challenges that come with being a student athlete. Um, outside of outside of the injury and outside of the COVID stuff, um, what have been challenges thus far as far as being a student athlete? And what have you done to kind of overcome them? What have you done to make them easier for you? Man, being a student athlete is tough, especially like how I say, you know, 
I went from Denver to Gunnison. It's it's a really big change, and it's like there's a lot of kids out there like me that's from a big city, and then they go to a place like Gunnison, and it's it's like you're shell shocked. Yeah. So you know, as a student athlete, regardless of where you are, you're always gonna have those struggles with mental health, and that's a big thing, and that's been a big topic. Um, you know, recently at our school, we had a uh, one of our basketball players, one of our like younger star basketball players. You know, he unfortunately took his life, oh, and you know, it's like it's that aspect of mental health for student athletes doesn't get talked about enough. And I feel like that's that's really the biggest thing for us is is just being able to handle all the pressure, you know, the adversity, you know, the the hours that we have to put in is 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 crazy. But you know, and performing the top level with expectations that are far more greater than what you've ever had on your shoulders before. So yeah, man, you know, first and foremost, you know, our, our prayers and condolences go out to the family of your of your fellow Western, you know, student. Um, and it's it's just great to hear you already kind of speak about something like that, and you know, and and kind of you know that know that that is an issue, and 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 kind of put get it off your chest for some of the viewers out there that maybe are out there and, and are afraid to kind of say that they're dealing with some of these issues. You know, it's okay to talk about these things. And, you know, I personally want you to know, you know, if you're ever dealing with something, you know, you could always, you always have us, you know, you yep. always have all your coaches sure. that we had. And if you ever need to reach out to us, we're here for you and, and, and everybody that we've ever coached. So I appreciate it. Coach. Yeah, that that's definitely, it, you know, I used to tell some of the kids I coached, you know, if you guys are ever at a party and you need to get picked up because you're in a bad situation, call me. But that also goes with that kind of thing, too. If you're in one of these situations where you're not sure why you're here, why you should be here, or you're questioning why you want to live anymore and you need someone to talk to, a non-judgmental head just to, just to just to vent to. Sometimes we need a vent, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. we need to get shit off our chest. And as men, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to kind of put your let your hair down, so to speak. And, yeah. and to be humble enough to be like, yo, I'm really struggling with this right now. And um, I went through I went through a divorce some years back and it was hard and it put me in a dark place. And yeah. I started uh, I started using this hashtag for everything I posted about it called Can I Be Honest? And yeah. it's all about being honest with ourselves. Like we we got big shoulders, but we're not made to carry the load. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. We're a community, bro. Like when we come together in unity we're able to overcome a lot of things. And I think we, we forget that we're here to sharpen each other and we're here to build up each other. So we should be able to confine in each other as men, our struggles because we go through it on a daily basis. Um, And and ladies, that's not, that's to say that it's not for you either because you know what, we're here for you too. And we got wives and we got sisters and moms and daughters that, you know, would love to, be there for you and to help you get through some things. So any of y'all ever going through that, man, please sh- hit us up, hit up a stranger, hit up somebody who wants to talk. You'll never be, you'll be surprised how many people are in your corner that you don't see. Yep. And how many people can actually relate to some of the things that you might be going through. You know, Facts. you never know until you, until you speak to somebody. Facts. Um, I, you know, I want to go on. Um, I have another question for you, but it's kind of just kind of, giving you a little plug, a little shout out, but why should people follow you and the rest of your Western teammates? Um, you know, we got something special going on at Western right now. Um, you know, we're, well, first of all, we're getting a new stadium, so ah, you know, yeah. that's always a plus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, uh, we just came off of a RMAC championship season. Uh, so, yeah, like we got something special going on, you know, people should tune in because, yeah, we're, we're up next for sure. Yeah, talk about it. That's what's up. 
our Mac, man, that's a that's a tough conference, and yeah. you guys come up on top of this last year. Um, shout out to y'all for the for the hard work you guys put into to get there. I look forward to this season. Um, I used to work, so I lived out in Grand Junction for a bit, and I worked for uh, Colorado Mesa. So I used to do play, uh, not play by play. I used to do PA. So a public address announcer, I do the football games, I do the volleyball games. So yeah. uh, I know that conference pretty well. And that's a tough conference, man. You got the yeah. Mines, you got, you know, Colorado Mesa. And so you guys come through and do your thing. You know, that's what's up, man. I'm excited to see what you guys got to do. We do got more. There's more to Western Colorado University than uh, uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Right? You know, so shout out. Uh, I'm excited to see what you guys got coming forward. Lies, I'm excited to see what you got coming forward. This yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, before we get out of here, you know, I asked Brandon, <laughs> you know, your boy, your senior boy, your senior captain. I asked him, and I'm sure you remember his answer. If any game on your schedule is marked, what is it for you? Adams, without a doubt. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to play him. Yeah. That's what's up. You hear that, Brandon? He's coming for you, dog. Yeah, it should be an excited one. And like we told Brandon, you know, Coach Allen and I are going to have to make it out for that one. Oh, yeah, we road tripping. We're excited to see what's going to go down. You keep talking about he wants me to come down the middle. I'm going to come look for him down there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come look for him. Go yeah. crack him. <laughs> All right, man. Gunnison's a nice town, dog. We got to go out there. Yeah. We got to go out there. You, if you've uh, fished the uh, – the uh the Gunnison River out there yet? I'm not I'm not much of a outdoorsy like fisher type of person. You oh. feel me? I'm I'm really like really a city, city kid boy. for real. City so boy I, I just be chilling in my room on TV or whatever. But listen, yeah. when we get out there, we're gonna go have some fun. We'll go out into Montrose. We'll go head up Montrose. There's some some places to eat out in Montrose, yeah, Montrose that are cool. straight fire. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff around there. Yeah. So when I moved out to the Western Slope, I discovered parts of Colorado I'd never seen in my life, and I've born and raised here. So, you know, things get to be a little bit closer to you out there. So make sure you take advantage of that. Head down to Uray when you get a chance. It's probably a couple hours from Gunnison. Okay. Go sit in them hot springs out there and go sure. see them nice young ladies that are out there. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. Sorry, if you, got, if you got a girl, he ain't going to go look at no young ladies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, nah, man, hey, Elias, man, we, we can't be more thankful for you joining us, brother. Um, I truly mean it. If there's anything we can do for you, um, to help you as an athlete, as a man, um, as family, please let us know. Never yeah. hesitate to ask. Um, you guys, that senior class is, always has a special place in my heart. That team always has a special place in my heart. I think just because it was one of the most coachable groups that I've been a part of. And, you know, as a coach, the hardest thing is when you get a group that just doesn't want to listen, don't yeah. want to buy into your program. And from day one, even even when we got there, I think it was it was y'all's junior year. Um, from day one, you guys were locked, loaded, and bodying. Yeah. And then when you guys hit your senior year, it was like something clicked even more. And you guys you guys were there, man. And you guys demanded a lot from everybody. And I think when you look for you look forward ten fifteen years from now, um, people will talk about how that class demanding so much from them brought them success later on in their life. Because I don't think people realize as much that the field translates to real life every day. Yeah. And when you have someone that demands a high level of um, work and just a high level of expectations from you, that carries on and you, de you demand that of yourself. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's anything that that, that team learn from us, I hope it's that they learn to like push themselves as much as they can. Cause only good things come from that. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, you never know how far you can go until you push it, man. Exactly. Like you think this is your limit and this, you think I can't do no more. Then the next thing you know, you find yourself doing more. So all you out there. And then it's a good feeling, right? Yeah. You get to the other side of that and you're like, oh, this Damn, is look success. how much I did. Like, yep. This is what success feels like, right? Because success is measured in different yep. different levels, you know. And, and when you work hard at something that you thought you couldn't do and you just push through the adversity, that's success. It's For sure. the limit. Yep. For sure. Before we close out. Anybody want to shout out? Man, shout out to my boys, Brandy, Donovan, Mike. You know, that's the squad. Always <laughs> yep. and forever. And my brothers. Uh, shouts out to all, all my boys at Western. You know, let's go do something crazy this season. Uh, let's shock everybody again. Um, and then <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for inviting me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank for you. sure, for sure. Donald, any shout outs before we close out? Yeah, you know, I want to give a shout out to, you know, my boy Christian at Black Sevens. You know, he's just done so much with us, man. And, and uh, I just want to give my shout out to him and let him know that we truly appreciate the help that he's done with us and the advice that he's given us, you know, and some of those conversations, you know, they've went a long way and our success is his success at this point. Shout out, Christian. We appreciate you. Yo, I want to give a shout out to Jack Armillo at Arsenal Custom Apparel. He came through for me a couple of weeks ago on some last minute shirts. Uh, appreciate you, Jack. Yo, that's right. Make sure you check out the website, dnasportsdenver.com. Go book yourself a training session. Go book yourself um, I mean, go buy yourself some merch. Check DNA out the Sports. podcast. Yeah, check out the podcast. Ask DNA. Yo, run our numbers up, man. Go find our socials. Get it popping for us because, yo, we're nothing without y'all. You know, yeah. the people make this show go. The demand for what you guys want to hear make this show go. So, yo, we appreciate you. Uh, I'm Coach Al. Coach Dom. My boy, Lies. Hey, shout, yeah. out, shout out DNA Sports Training for show. Yeah. Hey, man, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week, y'all. We out. We're out.